Welcome to Bar Talks. I'm your host, Daryl Rosenstein. Today, we'll be speaking with Rajiv Das, the CEO of Ignitive, a digital agency that's built some of the world's most recognizable brands' online presence, including Wynn, Casinos, Perry Ellis, Restoration Hardware, Olympia Sports, and many more. Uh, and most recently, Fortis Life Sciences for their B2B offering. Rajiv, welcome. Thank you, Daryl. So Ignitive is a digital agency, and you work with a lot of bricks and mortar companies. And can you unpack for us what's going on in the digitalization of offline environments right now, which in-store CX solutions are trending, and what are buyers prioritizing? This is essentially the move from what has happened during the pandemic, where stores were closed and a lot of the customer journeys that were earlier that were happening in stores got transformed into something that came from online and then moved to the stores in what is called the omnichannel processes around the customer journey. So What has happened coming out of the pandemic is that retailers realize that uh, consumer behavior has changed. It's not like there are distinct journeys in the store and distinct journeys online. These are all meshed together. And for many retail verticals, uh, they really are meshed together. And a large part of the traffic that comes to the store actually comes after having been online. Um, And as a result of that, Many retailers are having to look at changing or evolving from the legacy world they have in their stores with their legacy point-of-sale applications to something that is inherently and integrally connected to the rest of the customer experience ecosystem, if you may. Um, And that is the big move that is happening in stores today. We ran a webinar a while ago on why headless commerce is gaining traction more slowly in the U.S. And we agreed that the U.S. is a characteristically more offline market. We're a nation of shoppers. So that's the back end. But what about uh, CX solutions? How are you finding the appetite for modern front end solutions in the U.S. market? Actually, now, uh, at least in our experience, we have about four of those projects going on where people are turning to move to a headless kind of an architecture. Uh, And there are a couple of things that are driving them towards it. First of all, page load speeds and things like those performance-related areas that lead to better conversions. So uh, in in a world where you are faced with an economic situation as we are today, you are looking at every area in which to go and increase the revenues. And this is really, relatively speaking, a low-cost way for many enterprise retailers um, or enterprise merchants, if you may, to go and figure out with a quick investment to figure out a architecture that will allow them to have more conversions. So that's number one. Number two is a large part of conversions that, that happen is also because you are able to turn things around quickly on the side, bring in fresh new content, engage with customers uh, more frequently uh, with fresh new content. And what that means is for the marketing team to be agile uh, in terms of what they put up on the website, how quickly it is turned around, uh, and how is the customer experience constantly getting refreshed. And for that to happen, the architecture around headless force need to have an easy CMS or a headless CMS, if you may, as a part of the solution, 
that will allow marketing to have uh, not need to go to developers every time. They can do their changes themselves and the, the publishing will happen in an automatic manner without the intervention of the technical team. And those are two important uh, areas that are important drivers and they more than make up for the ROI uh, that, that comes out of the project for the investment that is made. And I, I see that change happening fairly quickly. So here in the US, at least now in 2022, and as we move into 2023 as well. You've done nearly every commercial role there is from a product manager at HCL at US Interactive, the COO of SkillNet, where you also oversaw sales and marketing at Soft Plus. And I'm interested to know how this led you to found a CX consultancy. And are you looking for the leaders that you hire to have the same sort of diverse experience in their resumes? Wanting to start my own company uh, was always my goal. And so all those roles that I did uh, eventually led to starting my own company. And this is a business that I am intimately aware of. I've spent 20 plus years in the trenches working with the first generation of e-commerce platforms like Blue Martini and Broad Vision at a time where companies were throwing whatever they could at it because they didn't know what exactly is e-commerce and so on. So I'm talking about 99, 98 kind of time frame. And we understand the space very well. Uh, we understand the evolving landscape of technologies. We understand what data-driven marketing uh, warrants and things like that. So we understand it inside out. And as a services company, at the end of the day, our goal is to bring in tangible skill expertise that we have and that makes a difference in the, in the companies that we work with. So that is why an agency. Uh, and in terms of people that we uh, look for, there is a certain element of entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurialism uh, as well in everyone, because you, if you come from a large company where you're fed everything, ours is not the company for you, because very often you'll have to be self-driven in terms of uh, what is required to be done. But in terms of breadth of skills, not necessarily, but in the customer-facing roles, there is a certain amount of a blend of understanding the technology spectrum and understanding the customer's business and being able to relate them together. That is critical for every customer-facing role that we have and most important for the biz dev people in our organization. You know, we want them to be the top consultants of our company. So when you are talking architecture, enterprise architecture, they need to understand it. They need to understand how a new solution will play into their enterprise architecture. And very importantly, also need to be able to map out what that new solution will bring in terms of tangible dollars, in terms of KPIs like conversion rates or in terms of the drivers that are used by the people managing the, the commerce business. You know, I keep hearing from uh, solutions vendors that one of the biggest problems that they're having is appointing an experienced head of business development. Those are the people who ought to be reaching out to Ignitive right now. Uh, so what's your advice for a new solutions vendor that's building out their commercial sales team? What are the fundamentals in marketing a new product and what skills 
should they be looking for as they hire salespeople they're going to be aligning with their digital partners? To a certain extent, it has not significantly changed, Darren, because at the end of the day, historically, we would always come in ahead of the platform vendors or along with the platform vendors. So even when we come in with the platform vendors, our goal, the prism with which we look at it is uh, essentially to look at the whole solution that the customer is going to deploy. So the vendor is selling their platform. We are selling the end-to-end solution and then executing on delivering that. And what that means is whatever front-end changes, whatever integrations that need to happen, uh, and very very much so in the cloud world, um, whatever apps that we need to build uh, to complete the experience for the customers of our clients, we need to envisage all of that. So that has become degrees more complex because much of what used to happen earlier used to happen within the platform itself because the front end was a part of the platform. Now the front end is its own beast. It's very often not a packaged application. It is something that we build in a bespoke manner for many clients. Some clients, yes, it is reusable tools that the platform vendor has. But for many clients, we build it in a bespoke manner Uh, And that is something that uh, they, along with us, control in terms of being able to make changes quickly uh, instead of the platform vendors. What that means is the customer suddenly becomes a software development house as well. They are a technology company. They own the customer experience. They own every pixel. They own the scalability that is required at the customer experience level. All they're doing is consuming the different services that the commerce platform has, the content platform has, third-party services have. And that's a a sort of a different engineering problem than just implementing a solution for a customer. So that 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 needs skills. Not everybody can do it, especially for enterprise customers. It's a different set of skills than being able to go into taking a Shopify theme make cosmetic changes in it and deploying it for customers on the Shopify platform. Whether you have Shopify in the backend or Kibo in the backend or any of the other platforms, there is a certain amount of maturity, technical maturity required to be able to put the solution together and deploy it for customers. Most of the API first leaders we're talking to now recognize that channel partners and agencies are now existential. And I'm specifically interested in how this is playing out amongst the CX firms. Who, in your view, has mastered their partner strategy in this space? And does it differ from providers of platforms or other solutions? So I'll talk about partners that we work with closely. Um, I know Kibo is a great, um, great partner for us. Um, One of the first things is how the product is structured. So the product is API first, um, has a set of services which are well-documented and public. There are a set set of capabilities. Obviously, just because an API is public doesn't mean, you know, your problems are over. You need to understand how that API works. You need to be able to uh, think of all the different use cases under which you will call the API and how the API reacts to it and what kind of data comes out. Uh, there is a certain amount of learning uh, that happens, uh, and we have a close relationship with them uh, in terms of how the work is done. Even in, in the implementation, 
what they have is sort of an enablement service, which is a component of every implementation that we do. And that enablement is there precisely to help with, uh, uh, with these kind of clarifications. Kibo is not going to come here and teach us how to build our own applications on the front end if it's a headless architecture. But Kibo certainly can help with saying, this API works in this manner, and maybe what you want to do is, given a use case, use a combination of APIs A and B instead of using just the C API. So things like those are important to have a successful implementation. We work at the hip in terms of every implementation that we do. And so the success of that implementation becomes a goal for both us and Kibo as well. Obviously, others have scaled their partner program um, in different ways for SMB companies, but enterprise customers need a different level of treatment. So I know that Kibo has done that well for um, enterprise customers. I know outside of e-commerce platforms, we work very closely with Clavio. And Clavio has led with content, so much content that you could learn everything that you need to learn, provided you understand email marketing uh, in a proper manner. Uh, and uh, do the implementations right from day one with your team itself. Obviously, there's some experience that you bring to the table, uh, but I was just uh, very impressed by Clavio's partner content strategy, if you may, uh, that allows for building up the skills in an easy manner. We try not to play favorites, but what client engagement that you've delivered do you think best realized what your clients had envisioned for their site and featured the real expertise of your firm, particularly in creative. Take two references. One is uh, Home Hardware. Um, home Hardware is a leading Canadian home improvement uh, products company. It's like the Ace Hardware of Canada, if you may. Um, and the number uh, four brand uh, in Canada. So they are a well-known name in Canada. We helped them build up the e-commerce site um, from what they had, which was a point solution about four years back. And um, over the course of the four years, the site has evolved furiously. Business has grown furiously on the site. Today, what we have is a very well thought out architecture. There are many more things in the roadmap that to come. Uh, but for example, a headless architecture that looks at, you know, the one guiding principle there was the first time experience of the customers of far-flung stores. And that defined what needs to be on the front end. We essentially wanted to keep, you know, we didn't jump to React. We didn't jump to all these other JavaScript frameworks. Uh, we said, keep it as clean as possible, as much HTML as possible, as much as can be stored in the CDN and can be played out. And only the components that need to have are interactive, needs data to be refreshed and so on, are the components that go out and call the server. So there is a certain amount of, uh, again, it's a significant engineering challenge that we overcame there. This is a customer that has, this is a dealer owned sort of a cooperative chain of stores. So dealer owns the brand the dealers together, but they run their own businesses in their stores. So when they're doing e-commerce, 1,100 stores, 
about 100,000 products in every store. And we were talking about a price list for every store. So we are talking about 100 million item price records. And that's a significant scale. Um, you know, trying to solve that kind of a problem was the, one of the highlights of working with them. And uh, that's where, you know, you have capabilities and you have a lot of agencies that are, that are out there to just put a pretty face uh, on the top of the e-commerce side. So that's where we think we, we excel. And uh, so that was the first one. I will talk of the second one. So Sound United is the leading seller of high-end speakers. So many of the major, most of the major brands that we recognize in terms of speakers come from the Sound United family. So we essentially implemented an order management solution that talked to both their e-commerce site and other digital channels. And that was a very quick implementation, went without a problem. And they realized that this is something that can play out globally. So we are now doing Europe and hopefully we'll follow that with other regions in the world. So that's, those are two that I will maintain, uh, man, uh, mention right now. But all of our customers, they have some unique challenges they had to overcome. And we take pride in making sure that we are making every one of our customers successful. After working with so many solutions vendors, you must have an opinion about what firms have created a, a truly great solution and which leaders you see as being true visionaries for their space and their respective disciplines. Commerce tools, um, folks, I, I have met the, the CEO before. They have done a phenomenal job in putting together the Mac Alliance. The product is solid in terms of B2C, and they have evolved the headless architecture, if you may, to a point where in today you talk about the solution. You don't just talk about e-commerce platform, but you talk about the 10 things that are necessary for a world-class um, headless solution, if you may. That is uh, Commerce Tools, but uh, in Kibo, who I work with very closely, Vinesh Viss, who is the head of sales uh, and marketing in Kibo. I admire uh, him quite a lot. Pedigree is very good. I know him from before as well. Uh, and then the CTO of Kibo, we know, I know them from um, some time. And, they came, and that's where you understand how the products are evolving. It starts at a certain point whether the products are evolving uh, in a way that is commensurate with what the customers will be asking for six months down the road or a year down the road. I'm not saying they're asking for today because what they're asking for today, if you don't have it, you have a problem. But if you, if you can anticipate what they will be asking for six months or a year down the road, you possibly are keeping pace with what they are going to be looking at. And that's, that's where you know they are keeping their ears to the ground and building a great product. Well, Rajib, thank you so much for that wonderful segue into product-led development, which we will be discussing at a future podcast. Again, thank you so much for your time today, Rajib. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Darren. Thank you for having me.